We've been reading that parents were bringing their children to Jesus so that he could touch them and bless them. I mean, I could just see the lines, can't you? I love this portrait of Jesus, and I've certainly seen it through the years, but in my mind's eye, the portrait of Jesus surrounded by little ones. Um, and when, when I say that, I want you to think of your kids when they were small. I want you to think of your grands. But he probably did some really serious hugging, don't you think? Can you imagine what it would be like to be hugged by Jesus in the flesh? Wow. What a great gift. It reminds me of a gift for everyone. There is a gift that everyone needs this blessing season. Did you know that? On everyone's list, whether it's spoken or not, it's inexpensive and one size fits all shapes and sizes, and it is the gift of hugging. Hmm. We're told that hugging helps the body's immune system. It can help lift depression. It induces sleep, invigorates, and rejuvenates. It has no negative side effects, and anyone can apply it. It's unbreakable, and it works almost like a miracle cure. Hugging. It's all natural, organic, naturally sweet, but non-fattening, and all the people said has no preservatives or artificial ingredients, 100% wholesome. Hugging has no movable parts, no batteries, no maintenance, no assembly required. And it's always fully returnable. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe all of us on this Christmas day, one of the ways that we can contribute to the spirit of Christmas is to have our face, our faces wreathed in smiles and to be sure to deliver those hugs. Hmm? Man, I hate to think about all the hugs that haven't been delivered. It's catch-up time. Well, Jesus said it in Matthew 19, 14, let the little children come to me. I can just see it. I, I don't think he just stood there. I think he squatted down and went like this. He said, don't stop them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And he said, by the way, you need to be a lot more like little children. I want you to have the faith that these little children have. Because faith is the only path to me. What a wonder-filled story it is. And I'll pick up in a moment. You don't have these scriptures on the screen. But I wanted to go back to Luke 1 a little further. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, and she passed out. No, I put that in the, that was in my modern translation. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 
he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. What powerful words came to this young woman, Mary. As far as we know, she had no heads up that she was highly favored even. We don't know what she held in her heart. But in response, picking up in verse 34 of chapter 1, in response to the angel, the surprise angel visit, Mary asked the angel, and it's okay to ask, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Some of you have fun explaining that to your young children and grand who are in this room today. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. How would you like a perfect child being raised in your home? Huh? I guess they'd discipline you. Oh, but I love verse 37, don't you? For nothing is impossible with God. I wonder if there are any believers in that today. Nothing, that's as relevant as when it was written. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph at some point, but she knew a baby was impossible because they had never come together. But after the angelic dialogue, and it was that, she determined to agree with the angel of the Lord all things are possible. And verse 38 picks it up and may it reflect our heart, our hearts. Mary responded. I love the word responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Wow. How do you think that sounds like the faith and trust of a little child, doesn't it? May everything you've said about me and to me come true. God was about to do something that no human could ever do, only God entering the world through the womb of a young virgin girl, a teenager. God was coming in flesh to live among us. It's a story we hear so often, but I'm afraid we often take for granted. I came across this little story. I thought it was so cute. It's called, It's a God. A group of first graders dangerously decided to produce their own version of the Christmas pageant. Uh-oh. How do you know that is dangerous? They wanted to make it a little more updated. They didn't say it in those words, but you know, they, they wanted to put their spin on it. Still, all the major characters were there. I mean, Joseph and the shepherds and the angels and wise men. I mean, you know, the wise men came later, but they're usually in nativity scenes. But would you believe Mary was missing? No Mary in sight. Well, they began their little pageant. And shortly after the little play began, the crowd began to hear some faint groaning and moaning coming behind, coming from behind a, some stacked up bales of hay. And as the pageant went on, it progressed and it almost got to be Mary, uh, embarrassing. I mean, moaning and groaning. The audience was further surprised when a first grade little doctor dressed in a white coat that they wear with a black bag popped up on stage and Joseph stepped forward to meet him and 
Then they both disappeared behind the hay where those moans and groans were coming from. Now there was an increasingly loud groans and moans, like obviously they got the point. It was a woman in heavy labor. Then there was silence. And then a simulated cry of a newborn baby. In short order, the doctor appeared back on center stage holding a baby in his arms, rocking him gently. He looked at the baby, and then he looked up at the crowd, and with great drama, he announced, it's a God. <laughs> there was a muffled gasp, followed by an awkward silence, and then spontaneous applause and laughter erupted. The kids had it right. Baby Jesus was God, wrapped in human flesh. Aren't you glad about that? What a gift, an incredible gift. And it tells me today, the message on this Christmas day is that God can do anything. I don't know if some of you believe that, but little children do, and I wanna vote with them today. I wanna stand with them. I believe God can do anything, even if it's not the way I see it or the way I think it should be done. I believe he's sovereign. I believe he's in control. I believe he's working here and now, no matter the worst thing I've heard about in recent weeks. God's all-powerful. In the Bible, it refers to him as almighty over and over again. Is there anything too hard for him? Uh, man, I need to get you fired up today. I said, is there anything too hard for him? No. I believe that Moving into a new year, we need to get this settled deep in our spirit and our heart because some of us I know are facing tough things and finding a path through seems almost impossible. Some of you watching today online, that's how you feel, but you know better. And I wanna reiterate and call forth what is hidden in your heart. You know him and he knows you. Nothing's impossible with him, he's working in ways you can't see and won't believe looking back. I think maybe Rick Warren wrote something like this years ago. He said, you're either, I'm paraphrasing, you've been through a tough time, you're in the middle of a tough time, or you're fixing to go through a tough time. Doesn't that pretty well sum up life? I know as a pastor and my colleagues, that's, this is a severe reality check because we live in that tension even today. There are always precious people going through highs and lows, difficult seasons of life, and oh, how they need to be pointed to the God of the impossible. I got a text and an email from somebody that's probably watching or listening, and they're gonna think that I wrote this after they sent me the email or text, but I promise you, I didn't. God can. Jeremiah 32, 17 says it so well. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Would you agree with me? That's why we, that's why we don't worship, but we enjoy the beauty of creation because we think if God could do that, then he could do this. Wow. If you're in doubt, just come about sunset and come to this side of the church and look out over the valley and you'll witness some of the most beautiful sunsets in the city of Worcester in this area, Wayne County. And you're going to, the God who made that and did that every single night. Is there anything too hard for him? I've been thinking about this. I threw this out in the last day or two. I want you to think about this in your heart. Which is the greater miracle here? The virgin birth or the resurrection? Huh? It'd be hard to have a resurrection without a birth, wouldn't it? 
Mary, that dazed teenage girl faced an impossible challenge, giving birth to the Savior of the world, appropriately, we could say perfect. The angel of the Lord spoke to her, and I read the faith-filled response, which was basically this, be it to me according to your words. And nine months later, ta-da. <laughs> I say we serve a ta-da God. Look what God's done, ta-da. That means we point and praise. It's not about us, it's about him. As he takes the most unlikely things that we surrender and turns them right side up. That's why it's appropriately said, when he does that, hope floats. Yeah, even in a storm. I don't know about you, but I serve a God who can. And secondly, I believe we serve a God who will. Childlike faith and wonder believes God will, God will. They believe for great things, simple things. He's willing. God can do anything. Here's the problem as we grow up. We believe that. We can say that this morning. We believe God will do anything for somebody else, but we're not so sure he's gonna do it right here and now for us. Woe is me. We get into the Eeyore cycle. But I'm telling you, in Christmas season, blessing season 2022, the wonder of childlike faith is so needed because children still believe that God can and God will. I was, in my devotions, I was reading in Hebrews 11. It wasn't necessarily a Christmas devotional, but remember, all these heroes of faith, many of them died still believing the Messiah would come, but they never lived to see it. And finally, it's this. Not only God can, not only God will, but I choose to believe. Mm. Do you? I, I can't make this decision for you. I defend your right to, to reject this truth or to do it your own way. I mean, you have that right, but I'm telling you, will you open your heart and say, I've got a choice to make now. Will I believe? Do you believe God can and will? Do you believe he's working? Do you believe that things are still possible, all things are still possible with God? Will you actually totally, as a grown adult, will you place your faith and trust in God? Will you settle it? God can, God will. And I choose to believe regardless. It's a choice that only you can make. A heritage won't make that choice for you. I was thinking as I wrote this that cultural influence in these days would have counseled Mary towards terminating the pregnancy because it was very inconvenient. She didn't ask for it, right? Huh? Here's a sobering thought on this Christmas morning. What happens when you believe God can and will, but he hasn't? And maybe he doesn't. Will you still keep believing? Maybe we need to shift, downshift and go from God, change him, change her, change them, until Lord, change me, here am I. Change my heart. Change my attitude. Give me a new perspective. What a path and price Mary chose to pay as she blazed a trail for us of wonderful responses. When she said again, be it unto me according to your will. That young teenage virgin, Mary, 
only God could come up with a plan like this to save the world, huh? You can't make stuff like this up. One of a kind. What must, have, what must it have been like for her to break the news to Joseph and to her family? Uh, I'm gonna have a child and it's a God, <laughs> to coin a phrase. It's the God. She must have immediately become a social, immoral outcast. Psst, hey, hey, I've got a prayer request. Did you hear about Mary? Hey, don't tell very many people, but yeah, she's, she's expecting. Poor Joseph. Can you imagine the ridicule? How many people do you think really believed her story? Still, she must have been lonely. She carried and birthed and raised Jesus. And somehow, verse 19 of chapter two sums it all up. But she knew what she knew. In other words, she settled at that angel moment. She settled in her heart, and I think that caused the, the writer to say, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She was not gonna be talked out of it because she had had that encounter. How many of you know you can't be talked out of something you've experienced? Huh? That's what testimonies come from. But have you settled it? Mary settled it long before Jesus was born. Long before she was expecting truly, in moments, whatever the lapse of time, she settled it. I will trust. The greatest display of Christmas wonder and faith is when we pray and say, God, you can, you will, you are. But even if you don't, I choose to believe. I choose to believe in you, God. Your ways are higher than my understanding. You're for me, you're with me, you'll forgive me. You have plans and a hope for me. You're working all things for good. You use everything to bring glory to your name. You're all powerful. Wow. You know him so well. You love him so much and you trust him completely because your faith isn't on what you can see and what he does. Your faith and trust is on who he is. By faith you can see, I do believe that God can and God will. I will still believe, even when he doesn't do things from my limited viewpoint, the way I think things should be. I still believe, I still trust, I will still follow. I said it at the last memorial I did just a week and a half ago. I want you to know that you're wondering doesn't diminish God one little bit. In fact, it magnifies them. Because you know, infinite God, finite mind, there's so much more of God than we can fit in our small little minds. So wander away. Not W-A-N-D-E-R, but W-O-N-D-E-R. Wander away at his goodness. My prayer, that even as we read the Christmas story together in a little bit after a song, that you'll hear this story as if for the first time and you'll respond with Christmas and wonder and faith of a little child. My God can, my God will, I believe. Here it is, verse 11, chapter two. For unto you, somebody say unto me. Somebody say unto me. 
is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he was born then to all people, but he was born then for you and for me. That's why we sit here today. That's why we worship. That's why we gather. That's why we do all that we do in the blessing season at Worcester Naz. Only an all-powerful God could bring the Savior of the world through the womb of a teenage virgin girl. The God you have chosen to serve is all-powerful. He can do anything. Nothing is impossible. And since he did that, he can do this, whatever this may be. Amen?